start using cutting-edge warp speed 5G technology with your cell phone. Let me tell you about my friends at MobileMobile.io. They have an ultra-fast 4G LTE and 5G network that covers 99% of Americans. So they've got you covered everywhere. Think about it for a moment. You have the opportunity to take a test drive for 10 days with unlimited talk, text, and premium data. What is premium data? Premium data is an allotment of a cellular data that you receive from a higher priority on the network. You won't get throttled like you will with some of those, well, non-brand service providers. To find out more information, all you have to do is go to mobilemobile.io. That's mobilemobile.io to start your 10-day free trial. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Jay Allen Show. Hopefully everything is good and grand inside of your neck of the woods. So I have to tell you, I've kind of keep on taking a dig and a look around of what we can talk about inside of this world of safety. As you've seen over the last few weeks, we've been talking about some very interesting subjects, kind of changing it up from the normal beaten path from safety. And this week is no different. This week, I got to sit down with a health coach where they sit around and tell you a little bit about what you can do. And I shouldn't probably call it a health coach. I should probably call it a wellness coach on what you can do to improve everything in regards of getting your life a little bit better in regards of what you eat and how you manage stress and all that kind of fun stuff. So today I get to sit down with Alessa Morgan. She simply says that what she wants to do is help people find the path towards wellness by exploiting what works best for them through comprehensive coaching of food choices, integration of wellness into the lifestyle, stress management, and self-care, while also helping people understand how these things work together to create lasting changes in your life. So sit back and take a listen to this conversation between Alessa Morgan and myself here on the Jay Allen Show. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. So like I tell everybody when I start these things, I never know how to start. So I never do any kind of proper introduction because I think it's kind of weird after we've been talking that all of a sudden I'm going to be like, hey, um, how's it going or something along those lines. So if I can ask the all important question, because it's normally the, the most interesting question I keep on seeing the tie-ins of when we start talking about safety and wellness and all this kind of fun stuff. So how did you get onto this journey when it came on to this whole thing of wellness? Well, that is a wonderful question. And thank you for having me here. So I have been in a corporate environment for most of my life and done HR, done accounting, a bunch of other things. And eventually I realized that What I love doing the most is working with people. I've always had a natural interest towards wellness, dieting, fitness, overall well-being. And a couple of years ago, I started thinking about how to take it to the next level and make something out of it where I can actually do for work something that I'm absolutely passionate about and something that I love. 
So um, hold on, but let, let me let me let me ask that. But so, what do you mean to take it to the next level? When you say that, what were you doing that you think you thought that it needed to be leveled up? I mean, I understand the portion of you wanting to work with people. I mean, I, that I get if you're in a corporate environment. But what do you mean take it to the next level? Actually, invest my time uh, and finances into educating myself and making this my full time job, so to speak, or basically making my passion into something that I do on a daily basis. So tell me about that, because I think that we still deal a lot with a not really having an understanding of what wellness is, especially when it comes to like the nutritional side of life and what's the right things to eat, what's not the right things to eat, what's the wrong things to eat. I mean, because let's be realistic, not a lot of us have time when it's time to sit down and eat or grab something on the go. So what made you want to take down or go down a dive of really having an understanding of this? I mean, because I look at it and I go, there's so many different, well, I'll say diets, but I don't really want to underestimate what you're doing because diets seem to be a fad. And when you start talking about wellness, it seems more along the lines of a lifestyle change opposed to this is the new fad of the week of this is the new diet. So when you looked at it and you said, okay, let's move on with this. And this is what you wanted to do. What did you look at, I guess, originally where you said, okay, this would be something where I can assist others? What is wellness is actually one of my favorite questions that I get asked. And I absolutely love this concept. Normally, when people think of wellness, they think of diet and exercise. What I came to realize... Well, I mean, that's what what comes to mind first. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And what I came through... What I came to through my personal experience and uh, working with other people and observing their experiences is that wellness, uh, when it comes to diet and exercise, these two are only very small aspects of what wellness is. Wellness actually starts much deeper. It starts with how you take care of yourself, your thoughts, your beliefs about your body about your health, about how you can integrate attention to your health on a day-in and day-out basis. And that actually triggered a big fascination with this topic for me. Because here is the thing. We all know what to do to, for example, lose weight. Eat better foods, real foods, move more, sleep more, uh, sleep more. Hold on. I didn't know that was a part of the thing. You can sleep more and, and lose weight. Tell me about this one. I need to learn this one. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, one of my favorite experts on this topic is Dr. Matthew Walker. And he talks about how if you are deprived of sleep, your body is actually more likely to crave comfort foods and those heavy carbs later because your brain is asking for endorphins and some kind of a quick fix. Hold on. What are you trying to tell me? Because I only I only sleep about three or four hours a night. So what are you trying to say here? Well, there are <laughs> exceptions to any generic. <laughs> there are exceptions to any uh, generic I'm joking, I'm uh, joking. information. But it's, uh, it's, it's true that sleep affects what we would like to eat later during the day. And um, unfortunately, because carbs and sugar are the quickest way for brain to get energy. A lot of people go to carbs and sugar when they are sleep deprived. 
That's just how we are naturally wired because the brain is desperately looking for energy. So let me ask that because you said that it's kind of like a whole package deal. And I think that that's where it's going to be. We'll say a hard sell for some because normal, normal trends is when you think about wellness, you automatically think about diets, as I stated earlier. So when you say it's everything, how you approach it, tell me more because I want to have an understanding for that. And, and I'm sure the people that are hanging out with us want to have that understanding as well. Because when you're saying a whole approach and the way you think about it, I mean, explain the shift to me because it sounds like a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be happy to. Uh, so I'll put it to you this way, which may sound a very sl- slightly more unusual than what people are used to hear. Unusual kind of common on this show. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> then I'm in the right place. Diet, changing diet is not the first step to wellness. Changing your exercise habits is not the first step to wellness. You can but, change but hold your on, diet. But that's what people normally default to. That's normally what they go to first. When they that say, is- I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to go to the gym first. Or I'm going to eat less cake. I use cake because that's just the best example to use. Um, but that's normally what people default. And you're saying that that's not the case. No. People can change their diet. Can People can make the first step towards wellness as changing their diet. And I think we all know what happens later. No, I don't. (laughs) Well, it's difficult to stay consistent with changing diet. It's difficult to maintain weight once you lose it. It's difficult to continue pushing yourself towards things you don't want to do and forcing yourself to eat kale and on and on. Did you say kale? You said kale? kale. (laughs) Oh, wow, you went there. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to say cake, but you said kale. No, I mean, what you're kind of describing there is what I would call a yo-yo dieting, if that if that makes sense. It's where it's kind of like you do a diet, you kind of fall off, you go back to it. But what I've noticed throughout the years, and I'll tell you, I've probably done so many different diets, not um, not wellness per se, where I can tell you that it becomes more difficult as you transition from diet to diet, if that makes sense. But I'm sure you can tell me a lot more about that. It absolutely makes sense. And that's that's the problem, is that we tend to start diets without preparing our mind for a shift first. And this sounds like a, a slightly crazy topic. I was going to say it sounds a little woo-woo, but go ahead. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So let me start with something simple. For example, when it comes to our energy in our daily life, and let me explain exactly what I mean by that. You, When you are happier and content with what's going on, you tend to be better at things that you do. You tend to be better at your job. You tend to have a positive impact on others. You tend to accomplish things that you set out to accomplish. And this comes from a place in you where you start off with happiness, positivity, and overall good energy. We understand how that applies to our daily life. However, we do not apply this concept to wellness. And that's where I feel the big step is getting missed. Because we can approach diet from or change in how you eat, change in lifestyle with a very negative mindset. From a mindset, oh, I hate my body. I don't like the way I look. I have to change what I eat. 
I have to force myself to go to the gym. So we miss this step of creating a positive mind shift. And that's what I'm talking when I'm when I refer to mind and energy. It's not a woo-woo topic. It's something that is very familiar to all of us, but it gets so often missed in conversations about wellness. Case in point, I was working with somebody recently. Actually, I'm still working with them. But during our first session, I found out that this person was very depressed. She was in a very difficult place in her life. She gained weight because of her depression. And we started talking about it. And I realized that if I'm going to suggest a change in diet to her or some kind of exercise program, this is not the right time to do it. It's the right time to address what needs to happen for her first before she can take those steps of changing her diet. How can she, cha- how can she change the outlook on her day, on herself, on her routine? before she prepares herself to actually take those steps to eat healthier, for example. And when she does that with a proper preparation, it's not going to be a difficult task or a core where she a chore where she has to force herself into things she doesn't want to. Because she will create this positivity around the concept of integrating wellness into her life. Does that make more sense? Well, I think I have a better understanding on what you're saying in that particular regard. So you're saying essentially that if you have the correct mental model going into it, you're going to have a happier approach. Because let's just be realistic. Um, as we're getting close to the end of the year, you already know that at the very beginning of the year, everybody is trying to go to the gym. I'm probably, I, I will I will include myself in that bunch of people that have done that. Um, where, well, this is the new year and I need to change the way that, you know, the amount of, of how healthy I am or anything along those lines, I'm going to eat better and it's kind of like that 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 mindset of I will eat less cake, I will have less cookies, I will have less ice cream um, in regards of doing that. But you're saying that that shouldn't be the first approach using the person that you were saying as an example that was suffering of depression. Now, in that particular category, how would you address that? I mean, you can't tell you to somebody before you start going to the gym, be less depressed because I don't think that that's going to solve the problem. So what's your approach? Well, exactly. You, really ha- you have to start from where you are. So depression is one example, but it doesn't even have to be depression. It can be fatigue, frustration, being overworked, being overwhelmed, low energy. But you really need to be honest with yourself where you are. If you you are consistently stressed out, it's going to be very difficult for you to motivate yourself to go to the gym or to change your diet because there is way too much going on for you. So the way to start is to really take subtle, small steps to changing other things with how you do life, quote unquote, on your day-to-day basis. This comes to asking yourself, why would integrating wellness be important to you? Why is losing weight important to you? How can you integrate more self-care to have a better mindset on your daily basis before you actually take the step of changing your diet? Can you do some simple things throughout your day to make those experiences more pleasant? What can you do to reduce stress? What can you eliminate in your life that you are giving too much time to? 
what would you like to create more space for in your life? So what if my answer is I want to eat more cake to reduce stress? Then what are you telling me? So then it's a conversation about what, why would you like to eat more cake? What because is it reduces my stress. <laughs> well, exactly. So in other words, you, you are getting stress reduction from eating more cake. Right, but you were also saying at the very beginning that it could be based on bad carbs and and kind of high sugar content. But all joking aside, as I say this, when you start talking about you're going to have to have a mindset change as you're doing this, this could take a long period of time. So are you telling me during that time I shouldn't force myself to go to the gym or try to eat, as you gave us the example of kale, which I'm not even sure why anybody want to do that to themselves, but that's a whole other story. Well, yes and no. Once you start creating more self-care in your life, usually people discover that healthier things come easier to them. So, for example, if you create a routine of self-care first thing in the morning before you even open your emails or start your workday, you will be more prone to continuing on a healthy path throughout your day without making it forceful or applying a crazy amount of effort. This is The Jay Allen Show. We all want to make sure that our family is protected in medical emergencies. What many of us don't realize is that health insurance won't always cover the full amount of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with high deductibles and co-pays. That's why an Air MedCare Network membership is so important. As a member... If an emergency arises, you won't see a bill for air medical transport when flown by an AMCN provider. Best of all, a membership covers your entire household for as little as $85 a year. AMCN providers are called upon to transport nearly 100,000 patients a year. This is coverage no family should go without. Now, as a Jay Allen Show listener, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card with a new membership. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash safety and use the offer code safety. And don't forget to tell them that Jay Allen sent you. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Hold on. I thought most people sleep next to their phone. So don't they normally grab their phone first thing? I'm I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just asking the question, not saying that I do that or anything. I'm just asking the question if that's the case. Yes, absolutely. And I am also guilty with sleeping next to my phone. And yes, as soon as we wake up, usually the temptation is to reach out for the phone immediately. But you can also be intentional. Even if you pick up your phone, maybe you pick it up to see something that feels nice to you before opening emails. So you're saying don't open social media first. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're one of those people who gets a lot of happiness out of it, I would suggest to wait. Yes. (laughs) So, so that's, so that's interesting because of the whole mindset aspect of when you're starting off the day. So let's just, let's just use the, the standard American diet as an example. So if I am just the standard American diet person saying, of course, being here in the U.S., that's why I say that. And my traditional stuff is, you know, I'm getting the nutritional value of a standard American diet. How do you go around telling someone what they can do to change? Um, Especially if, apparently, I'm just going to default to cake during the whole conversation, it seems like. But if I'm used to having, let's say, for instance, lunch or dinner 
and I have dessert every single time, just using that as an example, not once a week, but every day. How do you do, how do you go about talking about doing the mindset of changing that? Because that's not going to be something that somebody can give up immediately. And where I'm kind of really, I guess I'll say that I'm puzzled is having the understanding of if I hold off of going to a gym because I need to change my mindset first and I need to, I guess, make my diet better, but hold off on that too, to, as my mindset is changing, doesn't that kind of put them behind the eight ball to an extent? Well, not exactly. Um, as we spoke, if you integrate self-care into your daily life, you will naturally want to make those changes. So if you naturally want to eat something healthier because you just had a very fulfilling morning where you gave yourself attention and, I don't know, had a lovely time looking at the sunrise. and Okay, so then I, I'm probably going to need to have a better understanding of what self-care means. Because to me, when I think of self-care... I think about doing stuff to make myself healthier. Um, that's what comes to mind. And of course, you being close to what you, uh, to the understanding of wellness overall, you would be able to tell me what exactly self-care means because I think that maybe I'm approaching it differently than on the way that you're doing it. Self-care is individual to every person and it comes down to things that recharge our batteries. So... Recharge our batteries and give us a chance to show us appreciation. So, for some people, it can be having a cup of coffee in the morning next to their significant other on the patio watching the sunrise. For someone else, it can be taking a bath first thing in the morning where they get to relax, uh, maybe listen to music. For some people, it can be meditation. For some people, it can even be working out. It's also a form of self-care. For others, it can be listening to music or reading a book or just doing something that feels fulfilling to you. And okay, so, is- something, so you're saying something fulfilling then because, yes. I mean, you're giving me a very broad scope um, to be able to try to understand because, I mean, I'm going to tell you, uh, me going to drink coffee and sitting on the patio with my significant other, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do because I hate coffee. Um, listening to music would be okay, but it depends on what kind of music on the day. So when I take a look at this, when you're trying to tell people about self-care and fulfillment, so then all of a sudden, aren't they essentially replacing one thing with another? It's all inside the same thing. It's something to put you in a positive state of mind to where it's going to affect your future choices that day because you started with something that matters to you and you started with positivity in whichever way you can create it for yourself. So for example, if somebody wakes up and for them self-care is meditation and they meditate, they are more likely to take a step away from standard American diet or SAD as as the acronym for it, to continue this path of doing things that are good for their mind and their body. So in this sense, you they will not have to force themselves to separate themselves from standard American diet in some way that doesn't feel natural to them. Because health will be a natural sequence or consequence of self-care. 
So to understand this, then, could I go three days with with going over what we would say, quote unquote, is self-care to me? And then I say to you, hey, I'm interested in going to the gym. Would you be okay if you're, quote unquote, my coach going through this information or discussing wellness with me? Yes, yes, absolutely. And coaching, that's why coaching is so um, helpful because it's, you are in the center of it. So it's done on your timing when you are ready. If you do certain things for several days and then you have this impulse to go to the gym and then start doing, start doing it on a regular basis and building this positive momentum, it's, it's the biggest yes, of course. So, so hold on. I'm confused on who's the you. You said it was good for you. So like me as wanting to go to the gym or you as being the coach? You as a coachee wanting to go to the gym. Coachee. Okay. Got it. So I guess the paradigm shift, what do you, I mean, and I know that everybody's always looking for the, the magic bullet and, you know, what's the magic pill that's going to make me lose 50 pounds and all that kind of fun stuff. So when you start thinking about what wellness is overall and people go, well, how long would this process take for me to go down the correct path? What do you normally tell them? Unfortunately, it is individual. For some people, it takes a very short amount of time. They reach a level to where they understand themselves. They understand themselves in terms of what gets them motivated. They learn to work with obstacles that can prevent them from changing their diet or going to the gym or achieving something that they set out to accomplish. And for others, this person, this person, this process is slower if they are in a more difficult space mentally where they start. But so, it's let me, so let me ask the question then here over about this. So there's organizations that are out there that they will have as part of their, their wellness programs inside of their organization where they might have like a weigh-in at the very beginning of a process of something that they're doing. So they'll say, if you weigh in and you lose X amount of weight by X amount of time, this will, you know, you'll win a prize, whatever. It could, or if you go down this wellness journey, we'll give you um, like a, a tracker, an, an, Apple, an Apple watch, a, a Fitbit, you know, just giving that as an example. Do you think that those things then work for people that are trying to, we'll say, quote unquote, get healthier? A lot of things that add intentionality and awareness to what people are doing with their wellness. Yes, they help. The other question is what happens to this employee after they get the awards that they have been striving to work for? Do they go back to their regimen before the competition or do they maintain the weight they lost? I have no idea. You should be able to answer that question. I mean, my thought automatically is to put rocks in my pockets as I'm getting weighed in and then take the rocks out after, you know, a couple of weigh-ins or something. I love this. I love this. <laughs> you shouldn't love I that. Hope, I, nobody should do that either, by the way. Just saying. I hope that somebody who is undergoing this competition and their company is listening and oh, taking no, this no, advice. No. I, say that, I say that jokingly, but, um, I, I, but I, do, I will tell you this. Um, I think that those things do bring a, a level of value to some organizations, but I've heard people actually doing the whole um, – where they'll drink gallons and gallons of water before the weigh-in just for the, the aspect of losing water weight. But that's neither here nor there. That's not really important to the conversation. But I look at this and I go, 
I think that there's still so many misconceptions on when it comes to the whole wellness thing. Um, and I, and I like the approach where you're saying that it's, it's kind of really everything. It's everything. It's the way you think about food. It's the way that you think about going to the gym. So do you think the mindset plays a huge factor into it? And I, the only thing that I can tie this into similar is that people that are, I guess, athletes that they go through that whole mindset training of how it would feel if they won, specifically like in boxing and MMA, where they kind of sit, there's some gyms that that's kind of portion of, of their focus point. So let's say, for instance, I go to the gym. Let's just use that as an example. And I'm listening to my headphones. I'm focusing on a book on audio or a song that's playing and not really putting intentionality into the gym workout that I'm doing. Is there less of a value of the workout? To be honest, I do not know. According to some science, yes. When, when they measured somebody's brain impulses, when this person was imagining that when they're working out or when it's a mindless lifting and your mind is somewhere else. Scientifically, that's what I heard. But to be honest, I haven't vetted this information enough to give you a definitive answer. But to go back to what you said originally about the role of mindset in the success when it comes to wellness, um, I hear a lot that people say it's, you know, wellness is 50% diet, 50% exercise. Then I think right now the numbers are at 80% diet, 20% exercise. What I discovered through my experience and working with others and this is how I look at it, is that it's 60% mindset, 30% diet. So and what happens to the other 10%? Exercise, movement, exercise, where movement is, is a better way of, of putting it because you can technically lose weight without uh, exercising as much. So as you've went through this and you've been doing this for some time now, do you think that there's a lot of levels out there where people look that they have body dysmorphia? Maybe they're not as unhealthy as they think. Um, they just kind of, we have, well, and it's kind of a bad part to put out um, where we have to look at the, at the world of social media. And that's kind of what we're comparing ourselves to, to an extent. I mean, not everybody does it, but do you think that that could be part of where their difficulties at where, Hey, I don't look like whoever the new trendy person is that's out there or so on. Yes, absolutely. Body dysmorphia is huge. And again, it goes back to mindset. Uh, and social media, of course, plays a huge part in it. Um, we, unfortunately, most of us want to resemble the people we follow on our Instagram. And if it's a model that shows some beautiful lifestyle in California, how she is all blonde and tall and skinny and beautiful, hikes with her smoothie. A lot of girls want to be that. A lot of women want to be that. So yes, body dysmorphia is huge. It has very uh, sad consequences for people. And it's important for somebody who's going through it to have someone next to them who would help them with, with this self-image and and remind them how important it is to be kind to yourself. So what do you think about these things that are out there? So let's say, for instance, that there's, there's some kind of, we'll say some virtual coaching apps. Um, and when we kind of go into them, they're really just um, psychological-based apps. 
uh, just not to go to name specific ones, but there's several of them out there. One's a little bit more popular than the rest of them. Uh, what do you think about those? Do you think that they bring a value to, to the wellness space? Yes, absolutely. As I said before, anything that helps you to create awareness around what you're doing helps. So even if you're working with an app that is going to ask you some generic questions, yes, to some extent, it can be helpful. It's going to give you some recipes, going to give a couple of suggestions. Of course, all of those things are better than nothing. And as I said, we are all individuals. We're all very, very different in terms of what kind of support we're going to need. Some people would like to have an app like this. Some people would like to be in a Facebook group for support where they can share their progress. Some people want encouragement from their significant other or their friend or or somebody in their lives. Um, Some people, they understand that the best way for them to change their patterns of behavior and something they have never been able to change before takes a little more work than just answering generic questions and following generic suggestions on what to do. Uh, That's where coaching work that is not from virtual apps, but actually with a live person gives you an opportunity to go deeper, really go inside what's going on in your mind, what has been going on in your mind for so many years, where maybe some people attempted to changing their diets, their lifestyle, and never succeeded. I mean, personally for me, I have always been fascinated with the question of how people are able to make changes. How come some people are able to lose 60 pounds after they set their mind to it? And how come other people have a hard time losing 10? And that's where I started discovering after talking and actually interviewing people who were able to last substantial amounts of weight and maintain that loss, it was confirmed over and over and over again. This almost almost sounds like I need to go to a psychologist then is what you're telling me. Therapy, of course. I mean, that's what I mean. I'm just saying what it sounds like. I could be entirely wrong. Therapy helps and has been helping and will be helping many, many, many. The difference between a coaching conversation and a therapy conversation is that coaching doesn't necessarily go deeply into analyzing your past. It can go a little bit into your past just to have some understanding. But most importantly, it starts with the present, with who you are today, and how can you move forward to create the changes that you would like to see in your life. At the end of a coaching conversation, there is always an action item before your next session, which gets uh, decided on between you and the coach. So you achieve some kind of a result at the end of every coaching conversation, while therapy may go for a little longer, and it's just conversations upon conversations without necessarily a tangible result. So what would you recommend to anybody that's out there that really wants to get onto the wellness track and change the way that they're doing stuff? What, what would you recommend? What would be the starting point for them? First of all, I would recommend to do some quote-unquote soul-searching, and that is mainly to ask themselves questions, why do they want to do it? Why is it important to them? Where would they like to see themselves? How can they accomplish this? 
and what will be the most helpful to them in setting out to achieve their goals. People are very, very different. For some, it's going to be important just to put their minds to it, and then they will be on a go. And others, they will need maybe some inspiration, maybe following a YouTube channel from a safety, from a safety expert. Listen to me. From a safety expert. Hey, now. I know a couple of those. <laughs> from a wellness expert they trust. Um, and for others, it may be coaching because they will want to speak with a life person who will help them understand themselves and dig deeper and be able to do changes in their lives that they have not been able to do before. So, Alessa, if people want to know more about what you have going on or about the services that you offer, where can they go? They can go to my website, which is www.alessamorgan.com. And on that website, they will find all information how to reach out to me, email me, talk to me, contact me, um, and anything they may need. Well, Alessa, I do appreciate you coming on to the show today. Thank you, Jay. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. So do you feel like you're missing out on what everyone is starting to do now, that live streaming thing, and you don't know where to start or what to do? I have the resource and the information to provide to you in regards on how you can stream onto 40 social media platforms all at one time. Yes, that's 44-0 social media platforms all at one time. All you'll need to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's O-N-E. So just in case... And you'll be able to start live streaming just like you're hearing people starting to do right now up to 40 social media platforms.